Welcome to another episode of Cracking One Open with Mike. And Elise. And on this episode, we'll be talking about some bubbly, some suds, <laughs> some I liquid think, bread. Isn't bubbly champagne? I'd go suds. It bubbly is liquid, is, is bread, is, yeah. sorry, bubbly is champagne. Yeah. <laughs> but suds, some brown water, some Ew. <laughs> brown gold, some liquid bread. Uh, liquid bread. Okay. That's acceptable. Um, I got nothing else. <laughs> Brewski. <laughs> Brewski. Yep. We're drinking beer. Yeah. What are we drinking though? All right. So this week we are cracking open Sizzling Hippie, <laughs> an IPA from Thomas Hooker Brewery, which is located in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Or technically, their primary location is now in Bloomfield, but they also have a tap room in Hartford, which is located at the historic Colt Firearms Building. Still got to go there at some point. I know. Hartford's not too far away, right? No, I drive there every week. Yeah, it's like 50 minutes, right? If you don't hit traffic? Yeah. It's like on a weekend? Mm -hmm. That's about as far as like Reverie or New Salem or anything that I've been okay. going to. So Thomas Hooker Brewery was actually founded as the Trout Brook Brew Pub, that's a mouthful, in Hartford back in 1996, but, quote, precipitated by the closure of the adjacent brew pub in mid-2003... Troutbrook Brew Pub became a manufacturing microbrewery with a new focus on distribution. Thomas Hooker Ale was their best-selling beer, and thus the products were reintroduced to the market as Thomas Hooker Ales and Lagers in August 2003. Hmm. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so one year after acquiring Thomas Hooker, their new management team increased sales almost 100%. They relocated the brewery operations from their 2,000 square foot space in Hartford to an 8,000 square foot facility in Bloomfield. And they expanded distribution to include New York City and Eastern Pennsylvania, Northern New Jersey, and Western Massachusetts. It wasn't until 2017 that they were able to establish a presence in Hartford again, this time, like I mentioned, being located in the historic Colt Firearms Building. Previously, the Trout Brook Brew Pub had been located in the spaghetti, the old spaghetti warehouse building, <laughs> uh, which is apparently a restaurant chain that I've never heard of outside of reading about this brewery. Spaghetti warehouse? Yeah. Uh, it sounds funny, but it also sounds familiar, but that might be because it just sounds funny. Yeah. Sp Interesting. It sounds pretty epic. Like, I don't know. I want to know more about it. The Cult Firearms Warehouse sounds awesome, though. Yeah. Like. They must have some cool stuff on the walls. I would hope oh, they have sure. some cool stuff on the yeah. walls. Um, so anyway, Thomas Hooker opened the new tap room in Hartford, and that location basically serves as a place to brew smaller 100-gallon test batches, like a pilot program. And then they measure the response from the customers, and if it's a hit, they take it to production in the much larger capacity facility in Bloomfield. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's I feel like there, there, are, there are other breweries we've... Um, talked about that do the same thing. Um, maybe not to this like volume. <laughs> I mean, but. there's definitely a lot of brewers that do like the pilot programs, mm -hmm. including two roads. Um, yep. Does like a pilot program, but so does Trogues. I, I always mention. Yep. They do the scratch series. I just think it's interesting to do that at your secondary location. Yeah. And then bring it up to your main brewery if it does well. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of people, the secondary locations, either we don't talk about them brewing anything. Yeah. Or they just brew, you know, one of the beers because they've got enough room to maybe brew one mm -hmm. of the. Or like know, they've got something that's in like high demand. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's interesting to make one brewery part of your pilot batch. Mm -hmm. 
and then it just goes to the main one if it works. Yeah. Although, to be honest, with some of the stuff that Area 2 for Two Roads has been putting out, mm-hmm. with those experimental IPAs they had, they could be doing the same thing. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Fun fact, Thomas Hooker Brewery gets its name from the great colonial leader of the 1600s and founder of Hartford, Reverend Thomas Hooker. And Hartford gets its name from Hertford, England, the birthplace of one of Hooker's assistants, Reverend Samuel Stone. I actually knew that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get to the beer. Sizzling Hippie clocks in at 6.4% ABV. And Thomas Hooker describes it like this, quote, like a waking dream, Nelson and Citra Hops unite in this IPA for bold, fruit-forward flavors of white grape and citrus. Gee, I wonder why you got this beer. <laughs> this hazy, juicy gem is sure to leave you feeling far out, man. End quote. So, yeah, obviously, I got this for the, the Nelson Salvin. <laughs> but So some of you may remember um, one of the beers that we covered last summer. From Thomas Hooker called Tiki Tour. Oh, Tiki Tour. Which ended up being like our beer of the summer. I can't even remember how many four packs I went back for. Oh my God. And then that ended up being one of our top, top five. Ten. Yep. I think it was on both of our top fives, yes, right? Yes, it was. In fact, it was somebody's number one. I, it, I, I think it was your number one. My num- uh, no, it was my number one. Yeah. That was my number one beer last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 It was a tough choice, but it made it. Yeah. Because of how many. Just based on volume alone, how many we bought. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to have another beer from them, especially because it features Nelson Salvin. Uh, so Nelson Salvin Hops, also known as just Nelson. The name is derived from the... <laughs> I don't do a good Nelson. <laughs> from the Sauvignon Blanc wine grape that uh, this hop reminds so many people of, uh, which is because it's very similar in its flavor and aroma. It was developed in the Nelson region of New Zealand and released in 2000. And while it has actually been pretty popular among craft breweries and home brewers for its eccentric characteristics, it's really kind of too weird to find its place in big beer. It's popular in American style pale ales, but apparently is a hop that you need to work with very carefully. One of my go-to hop resources states specifically that it, quote, requires prudent and discerning application in brewing, but they didn't explain why. (laughs) My guess would be that it tends to have an off flavor if you don't brew it the right way. I mean, it's grapey. Yeah. And that's weird. I can see that totally messing up so many beers. Yeah. Like, you've got to really know what you're doing to make a beer kind of taste like a white wine. Mm -hmm. And a grape flavor like that, Especially one that kind of takes over the beer. I can see that getting, I can't think of anything nicer to say than like urine flavored. Like I can yeah. see it going the wrong way. Caddy, I think is what they call it. Yeah. And you've described that as like the urine kind of, yeah. I yeah. can see that absolutely going that way. Out of all the hops, that's the one hop I'm like, yup. Mm-hmm. Oh, which uh, I, I meant to talk to you about this off air, but there's actually uh, someone in Connecticut is doing three sessions at three different breweries where they talk about how, like how to taste the beer. It's like a pro tasting course. It's one night, it's $50. I'm pretty sure they're almost sold out, if not already sold out. But one of them was at Nebco. And I really wanted to sign us up for it. Like, because that's well, what we what, need. Well, what the hell, man? I literally found out about it yesterday. 
listen, I'm going to have a lot of time to become a, uh, Cicerone. Cicerone. It's that's who's teaching it is a, is a Cicerone who lives in Connecticut. Yeah. Anyway, way off track. Uh, <laughs> Nelson Salvin is popular in American style pale ales. Yes. Um, blah, blah, blah. Nelson Salvin hops are described as rich and fruity with flavors of white wine. Go figure. Crushed gooseberry, lychee, passion fruit, and whispers of melon. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what a gooseberry tastes like. Me either. It's a Dr. Seuss fruit. Like that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, it can also be mildly peppery. And then we've got citra hops, which have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which make it good for bittering. But it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. And this is in large part due to their high mercine content which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but it can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra hops can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including, again, gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. We have never gotten lychee from the citra hops yet. Nope. I th- it's such a delicate flavor. Like I, I mean, I I've gotten it imagine. from the Nelson hops before. Yeah. But yeah, but, never from that. But I can see why it's Citra and listening to the descriptions back and back, back to back. I can see so why well Citra together. Nelson. Yeah, I'm really so well, excited yeah. for this beer. We've never had a Citra Nelson combo, have we? I don't think so. We've had Nelson and something else before. And obviously Definitely. we've had Nelson just by itself. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times Nelson is combined with other New Zealand hops. Right. Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. So this is more of a more unique combination. Let's get to it. Woo! All right. Now is the biggest test of this podcast. Yeah. I cut my nails down to the absolute nubs. Oh, There's uh nothing but skin down here. Can I open the can? (laughs) Proud of you. It hurt a lot, but I did it. Aw. (laughs) I got my dog licking the suds off the fingers. All right. (laughs) When you turn 21, you can have some beer. Yep. (laughs) This is actually a little hazier than I thought it was going to be, but it's exactly the same color that I assumed. Nice, like, straw, golden yellow. I got a big dog a- food smell when I opened it. Really? In a, not in a bad way, in like a, like a kibble kind of like a lot of wheat and grain. Okay. I don't hate that. But now that I'm smelling it outside of the can, I get a lot of the Nelson 7. Yes. That's like pretty much all I get. I get yeah. lots of grape. Oh no, I'm still getting a lot of grain and wheat. Yeah, with a lot of Nelson Savin. Actually, it's calmed down. Usually you don't get, usually that's all you get. So I'm surprised to get any of the wheat. That might mm-hmm. be the citra calming it down. Although the citrus got similar notes, so I don't know how it would do that. Well, I think a better way to judge it would be to actually drink it. So. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Oh, yes. Oh, that's weird. It's very bitter. Yeah. In a tangy kind of way. Very bitter. I dig that. I'm getting orange rind for sure. Yep. That's by adding maybe, to the bitter. Yeah. Maybe. Well, orange rind is, was definitely one of the notes. Uh, citra. Am I getting gooseberry? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I man. don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely I'm, getting that orange rind. I would say maybe even a little bit of that melon. Oh, I'm definitely getting some um, melon. And the, the lychee berry. I'm getting some of that. Yeah. That like sweetness. Yep. Yeah, that and the, I get a little the Nelson bit of the, is definitely coming through. Um, but I think you're right. The citrus kind of like 
balancing it out almost like it is adding a bitterness that isn't always there with with just the Nelson. Yeah. I also think the citrus bring out some of the notes in the Nelson that aren't always present, mm-hmm. like the the lychee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Maybe the gooseberry. <laughs> definitely the melon. I'm definitely getting a lot of the flavors that aren't the Sauvignon Blanc yeah, type. Yeah, they uh, kind of get lost. Yeah, because usually you drink Nelson Sauvignon, it tastes like Sauvignon Blanc, which mm-hmm. is cool and gimmicky kind of. A little bit. Which I know that's what you love, though. That yeah. tastes like Sauvignon Blanc. But and I like all the same ones you like. What was the first one we had with the Sauvignon Blanc one? Was that a Geyser Goes Sauvignon? Ah, uh, well, so that, that was a, that was a little bit one. different. There was a, there was a Sav Blanc Goza that Two Roads did, but it was just a Goza that was aged in Sav Blanc barrels. Okay. Oh, the, so the first one we had was the one from Tribus. Yes, where it was specific. Like they just called it Nelson. Yes, it was like a green and it was can. a single hop. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And that just tasted like white wine. Yeah, that yeah. was fan-fucking-tastic. And that's pretty much a lot of the times we have Nelson, even the ones that are mixed with like Motueko or any of the other um, New Zealand hops. Yeah. It's like that's what you get. The Sauvignon Blanc taste kind of takes over. So mm-hmm. maybe the Citra with its complementary flavors of like, yes, this is also, you know, it's lemon, but it's also lychee and also gooseberry and also melon Mm -hmm. it's like well then when you get the nelson it's like that's what you're gonna get out of those flavors because that's what i get it's also really nice to have an ipa that doesn't have any of this sweetness which is nice Mm -hmm. our last bunch of ipas were just so sweet yeah they had that kind of like stone fruit sweetness that we were getting like really sick of last Mm -hmm. year (laughs) i think last year was okay the year before last was the year of was the year of stone fruit. That was the year of ugh apricot. Yeah. <laughs> this year, this year we're getting a little bit back into it, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, eh, okay. Now they're doing a little bit more interesting things. We've had a lot of, you know, empty mug clubbers mm-hmm. out of some of those beers, but it's nice to go back to an IPA that's just like, hey, this is bitter. That's what IPAs are supposed to be, just bitter as shit, man. And that's what I like. I don't like sweet stuff. I mean, I do like sweet stuff, but very few things. It's got to be the right kind of sweet. Um, like a stout. With that kind of yeah, like but even stouts sometimes are just so sweet and so heavy that I'm not like in the mood for stouts. I'm just I'm talking like sometimes I like sweet stuff like I like well, soda. I like ice cream. I like cookies. Yeah, that's my sweets. Yeah, I'll drink sweet beers and I like them. I love sour beers and I like, you know, the milkshakey type of smoothie beers. Mm-hmm. You know, Dockside just put out a bunch of those and we've had a ton on this podcast and the sweet IPAs are OK. Yeah, but these overly bitter ones. Those are where that's I, where your jams. Yeah, those, these are my jam. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I was gonna say, as far as a sweet stout goes, I feel like, I mean, one of my favorite stouts is Baby Cakes from Tribus. And Baby that's, Cakes is great. That's pretty sweet. That's very chocolatey. Yeah. And the uh, what was it called? Party Cake or Party Time by Two Roads, which was the chocolate cake flavored one. Uh, party no party cake was the pastry ale. That's what we have a ton of upstairs. Right, party still. cake. Yeah, that was good. But then there was a Salad Dwellers one that was a chocolate cake version. Yeah. Um, that was good. And that might have just been called birthday cake. I think it was. Actually, I know we have a picture of it on the Instagram because I took a an awesome picture. <laughs> if you've heard any squeaking throughout this edit of this podcast, it's our puppy it's who wants to play. Pup. <laughs> She's trying to get her attention. Stop recording. Pay attention to me. Our puppy, by the way, has a fake uh, Kona can. 
Yes. Now. That's called Big Wave. It's clearly supposed to be uh, trying to 100%. be- A hundred percent. Or it's not called Big Wave. It's called Big Wag. <laughs> it's trying to, absolutely <laughs> trying to be a Kona can. Oh, damn it. You didn't take a picture of it? No, I I took a picture of the party cake uh, because it was more picturesque. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the uh, stout was called. That's fine. But no, like the, the sweet IPA, uh, sweet stouts are okay. Obviously, there's also the the oatmeal one we just had, which was really nice. Oh, Although I don't know if that was crunchy. super sweet. Keep it crunchy was really It wasn't good. really that sweet. It was it was surprisingly more balanced as far as like, I feel like it was almost on the bitter end of cacao and then the berry added sweetness. Yeah. That also could be the oatmeal stout kind of version. Like that's oatmeals. Yeah. Yeah. In general. Which, you know, I just had an oatmeal raisin cookie because that's the kind of cookie I love. Like I'm not a mm-hmm. sweet kind of guy. Um. Although I, I can be sweet if I need to. Well, well yes, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say you could also demolish the chocolate chip uh, cookies from Costco was, just just as well as the oatmeal yeah. raisin ones. That's what I'm saying. Cookies, Costco knows how to cook some shit. <laughs> cookies, cakes, pies, ice cream. Mm-hmm. That is where my, and soda. That is where my sweets lie. But even soda, if you have a soda that's overly sweet with that, the right amount of saltiness. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do that either. Yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, that, that's the thing. You like Coke, like, but not Pepsi. Don't like oh, Pepsi. Just got a bad baking soda taste, but it's also very sweet compared to Coke. Maybe artificially. That's not why I don't like Pepsi. No, I know, but I understand where you're coming from. And you tend to shy away from Fresco, which I fucking love. I like Fresco. I don't not like Fresco. Fresco's not too sweet, but it's, but not, I shy your, away it's from, not your go-to. No. Okay. Good. But you know, it's not some orange soda. Some I don't like really grape soda because they mm-hmm. tend to be way too sweet. I don't like a lot of pineapple sodas, even though I love Junkanoo, which oh, is only in I miss that the Bahamas. So much. Uh, Junkanoo is amazing. But then you have the only closest thing you have here is the Fanta pineapple. Yep. And it's just. No, there is. They put like a thousand gallons of there's sugar. There's a sun-kissed pineapple. Is there if, a sun-kissed pineapple? Yep. I might have to try that to see if it's closer to Junkanoo because the Fanta ones are like, I you, like grape soda. They're not like I don't like grape soda, but the Fanta grape is the only one I can find around here. Mm-hmm. And it's too sweet. Oh. And I was like, I like grape soda, but like, uh, ugh. I haven't had grape soda in so long. That's why I like it every once in a while. Like, I'll take a sip and then be like, all right, I'm done. Who wants my bottle? Because yeah. I don't want the rest of this. That's the thing. It's like every once in a while, I would love to have pineapple soda, but you have to commit to a, a liter of it. You can't buy it and can't like you have to get that big old bottle from like ShopRite. No, you can get the little bottles. Oh, I don't, I've never seen them. Of the pineapple. I've seen it a couple Maybe times. Maybe for one of our tiki parties this year, I'll get a bottle of pineapple soda just oh, to like you have. definitely mix stuff with it too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to beer. Yeah, sorry. This has been a huge tangent. Uh, it's not sweet. It's super bitter, uh, but in a good way, but in a bitter way. If you don't like bitter things, this is not for you. This I, is not for this you. This is not a starter IPA for sure. No, but I, I totally get why they call it the the sizzling hippie. It does have like just the right amount of like bitter verging on dank. Okay, like, yeah. like as much as it can be while still uh, letting that the Nelson hops shine. It does have a bit of a vegetal kind After, of aftertaste yeah. at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so bitter in like such a good way, though. It's it it really it's works for me. It's the perfect amount of bitter, honestly. Oh, do I have any more? Did I already pour? Oh, I got a little bit more from a can. Hmm? Thomas Hooker really knows how to like. 
I always say like I like everything Thomas Hooker does, and we don't have enough. I don't Pretty feel like much. we get enough stuff from them though. No, I mean that's the thing is like they're always in the liquor store, and they have so many like core beers to offer. Mm-hmm. But I try to vary the the um, breweries that we cover. Oh, just for the podcast. I'm talking about in general, oh, not okay. just for the podcast. Yeah, that's true. It's really good, although. I will say toward the end of the can, I am getting a lot of sediment, so we should have rolled these cans. Oh, see, I, maybe I kind of um, skipped that because I only poured a little bit out. Like I, I still had some to pour out afterwards, so it kind of balanced out. Oh, did you pour your whole can out already? No. Well, I did pour in my whole can, but not all at once. Gotcha. You went as it went. Yeah. And I waited toward the end to pour it. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of affecting the taste a little bit. Oh, uh, so it's is it making it more bitter? Making it taste like sediment. Oh. Like they say sediment doesn't have a taste, but it's the same taste that sediment always has. It's like mm-hmm. hot pellets and yeast oh. mixed together. I mean, it's still good and so many beers have it that it doesn't really, it's not going to affect what my opinion of this beer is, but mm-hmm. I'd rather have it on draft. I just don't think anything benefits from having sediment on the bottom. Yeah. That is such a lie that craft brewers use to make their beer seem craftier mm-hmm. and more independent and it's like no just filter out the shit no one wants it it does have a taste it does affect the mouthfeel of your beer it's not invisible nothing is invisible if it's there and you can see it floating in your beer you're going to taste it yeah i mean yes it doesn't you're not crunching on it i'm not chewing it i am drinking it but it does affect the liquid a little bit granted it's not a ton but that's my psa <laughs> Shit at the bottom of your beer. Make it stop. The more you know. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah. It's not, it's not cool anymore. You don't have to do it. We're, we're, we're just filter it out. Yeah. It's not like the only ones a who trend are like, anymore. Yeah. No one really wants it. Yeah. The only people that go, oh man, sediment are people with like a beret on and like a goatee going, <laughs> fuck yeah, man. Fucking sediment, man. It's the best. It's the best. Man. I love how bitter this beer is. I love how bitter it is. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that I grabbed it when I found it, which was actually a couple weeks ago. And now since I've, I've went to the liquor store, maybe like once or twice since then. It's gone now. Yeah. I didn't see it. I would, I, if I had known how good it was going to be, I would have grabbed a second (laughs) four pack because I feel like this is going to be really nice, um, on the deck. Yeah. I kind of already want another one, but I know we need to take pictures. Yeah. This is really nice. This is really good. This would have been, I was on the deck earlier. And mm-hmm. it would have been nice. It's finally deck season again. The tiki deck is coming, guys. Woohoo! Gonna get some tiki deck photos on the Instagram. Yep. And maybe a video series some pub this summer. Photos. Yeah. Oh, pub once, photos once, are definitely once we coming. we get that up, yeah. yeah. Pub photos are coming and maybe uh, some video stuff. Yeah. Because we're... Definitely uh, stay tuned. We got some exciting content coming up for you guys. I like how you think of it. Content's right. We're going to the big time. We're going video. I'm going to hide behind Elise and she's going to be the face of the whole thing. Oh. And it's going to be a voice. No, I'm just oh, kidding. man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to record some stuff from the pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably do short videos, short versions of this on YouTube or do our tasting notes part on YouTube with a short explanation at the beginning of the YouTube ones. Mm-hmm. And the tasting notes would just be what we put on the podcast would come directly from the, the video, mm-hmm. which I think will be cool. And we'll uh, obviously a little edited. Where's the video? Be a little edited their own way. Yeah. All right. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing some of the sediment um, that you, you were talking about. I can about. see it while you're drinking it. You've got it. 
Yeah. Oh, I definitely have it. It's going to affect the end of your beer like it's going to affect mine. You should be tasting it shortly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would say pour it all. Roll your can. Pour it all out into an appropriately sized glass for a 16, like a a tall boy. Yeah. Um, I thought these would fit tall boys. I'm surprised. No, not quite. Although I'll say the uh, this is a thick can, which I like. Glass? Yeah. Thick glass, which I like. Oh, yeah. This is legit. So many of the ones we get from breweries sometimes are like, like, especially like the events, Mm -hmm. like the cheaper, thinner glass. Yeah. But this, yeah, this was really nice. But I mean, two roads had to go all out for 2222. That's right. We're using our 2222. 2222. Yeah. The ultimate Tuesday. Ultimate Tuesday. But this glass was cheap because you got it with a pour. Mm -hmm. It was like you got a pour for $3 more and you got this glass. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is a no brainer. Which means they took a loss on these glasses, I'm sure. Or yeah. sold them at cost if you got a if you got a beer. Yeah, um, which well, is mean, cool. I'm not worried about two roads. So, <laughs> oh no, no, not, I mean, neither am I. But I'm just saying how you get ones at events usually, and you pay you know 15 bucks for them yeah. or like 10 bucks. Well, I think and they're thinner, and like when we clink, I'm always like, oh god, oh god, oh god, gentle. Here it's like, whatever. Yeah, this is some thick ass glass. Yeah, well, I'm, they probably I feel like they because it was a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They didn't ex- and they didn't expect as many people as a regular event. And as we witnessed, it wasn't crazy busy because it was just a Tuesday. It there, was pretty busy. It it had its busy moments. It did. But it wasn't as crazy as a weekend event would have been. True. When which we, is when they when we first gone. got there. I thought it was going to be super busy. Yeah. But then it did get busy around six. Mm-hmm. But around seven o'clock, it died. It was busy for like an hour and then it died down again. Yeah. It was pretty cool, though. Yeah, that was a fun day. So can, the can. Mm -hmm. This can is a tall boy. It is almost a full label. It's a wraparound, but it almost meets. Yep. Uh, However, I will say mine has a bubble in it, which kind I see a bubble in mine as well. But yeah, whatever. It's a stick-on label. But what's nice is it's the glossy finish. The glossy finish um, is nice because it makes it seem like it's part of the can. Yeah. I think most Thomas Hooker beers have the glossy finish yeah Yeah. the glossy finish is nice because if you're not going to cover your whole can it at least seamlessly goes within the reflection Mm -hmm. so it seems like it's one can instead of just like a stick on like label that gets glued onto the can uh it's an interesting color as well this is like beige peach background is its main background Mm -hmm. settling into a very pale purple peach kind of color as you go down Mm mm-hmm uh, the Very bottom sunset esque, like a little bit, yeah. The bottom is some kind of long haired, red haired hippie, <laughs> I assume, guy, uh, with peace symbol sunglasses. Uh, and it's done kind of like a anime Rick and Morty, kind of like super detailed human being, <laughs> like overly drawn kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and he's kind of scrunching his eyebrows. And he's got this hippie headband on and uh, he doesn't have a top of his head because the top of his head is missing. And out of that headband hole he's got is this green smoke that kind of pervades the whole rest of the can, just kind of like seeps out Mm -hmm. Uh, above him within the green smoke is sizzling hippie Nelson Citra IPA written in yellow smoke kind of a green yellow smoke coming out as well yeah i love like this is not a font this was hand drawn for sure oh yeah everything is hand drawn all the lettering everything but it it's so 
it could be a font. I don't know. I I really no, like this. It's, it's such an interesting. Different. Everything's different. It's hand drawn for sure. Oh yeah. But it's. But really I would like nice. to see this as a font. Oh sure. But the, this is one of my like favorite shades of green. This like deep like sea foam green. It is nice. It is eye catching because the green and the peach go together in a very contrasting way. It's very complimentary. And like hits your eyes and you're like, whoa. And then because the hippie is kind of on the bottom third of the can, it's like his colors really stand out and pop. The red hair that he's got, Mm -hmm. his skin tone, his piece glasses, the headband. And then off of the sizzling hippie font, we've got uh, the green smoke trails off and you get the character groovy haze like a waking dream nelson and citra hops unite in this ipa for bold fruit forward flavors of white grape and citrus this hazy juicy gem is sure to leave you feeling far out man 6.4 alcohol by volume and then on the other side the smoke trails off into nothing so that's your only real description of the beer right there within that hazy smoke (laughs) uh which i think is exactly what elise read yes and then on the right-hand side of the can, you've got Certified Independent Craft Brewers Association logo, which is always nice to see. You've got its refundable kind of things. And then you've got a symbol I've never seen before. What's that? It's like a weird A-frame and then like a gas pump. I almost wonder if that is a glass recommendation. <sighs> Like serve put, in a stein. Like put this in a stein. Yeah. I don't know. It's in between the cash. But you're right. I've, n- I've never seen it before. I I honestly don't know what that means. Could be a gas station, a gas pump. That's what I thought it was, but it could be a stein. It's a weird symbol. If anybody knows what that symbol is, hook us, us up with like the answer. It, it's so bizarre. Then the please recycle sign, the barcode. On the very left hand side of the can, there's just a green bar. Uh, cutting off the picture and that green bar has the government warning on it. I should not be operating heavy machinery, I guess. And that's it. That's what's on the can. This can was packaged February 23rd, 2022. One day after the glasses that we were using to <laughs> 22. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, if we were only a little, if we were only a little sooner. So I'm already done with my beer. Yep. This is another uh, Empty Mug Club member. This Oh, you've already finished your beer as yep. well. This beer is I finished phenomenal. mine before you even started talking about the can. I finished mine before I started talking about the can. <laughs> this beer is phenomenal. This, this is, is probably... Awesome. This is possibly a top 10 for me for yeah. this year. Um, the Nelson Savin had the right notes, the lychee berries, the... Uh, I don't know. Gooseberries, maybe. <laughs> Question mark? But uh, it had everything that Nelson is supposed to be, but without being overly Sauvignon that hides everything else. Yep. And the Citra might have provided for that. It was super bitter, but not so bitter that it kind of... I should have mentioned that the bitterness went away pretty quickly. It does, yeah. It it's doesn't linger on the tongue. It lingers and makes you go, everything's gross. Yeah, it doesn't dry out your tongue. It's bitter as you're drinking it. But yeah, after that, you're done. And this would be totally food friendly, I feel like. Um, hmm. Well, maybe picking foods friendly. I don't know how it would go with like a heavy meal, but like apps. 
apps, pot stickers, egg rolls, sweet wings. Yes. Like I couldn't eat a cheese. I don't know if I'd want a cheeseburger with this unless yeah. it had the uh, that bacon on it. That's like like when people do those sweet bacon kind of things. Pancetta? No, no, not pancetta. Not like fancy Italian versions. Oh, like sorry. When people um, smoke um, like the apple smoked with the glaze. Like those oh, like sweet glazes on the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. bacon, then put something on or a, a burger with pineapple. Mm-hmm. Like the, the food would need a little bit of that sweetness to kind of come through to make it work with this beer. Okay. that's Because that sweetness would give you the sweetness that this fruitiness is lacking. Because mm-hmm. what this is kind of a fruity beer without any sweetness. It's just bitter. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if straight up burger meat or straight up chicken would work. Like, I, I, I don't know. Mm. This beer might be best left to its own devices <laughs> or your food would need a sweet glaze. Or desserts would all work with this as well. Because it's bitterness, any sweet would work as a counterbalance. I have a, a different feeling, I guess, with beer and desserts. <laughs> I personally don't think you should have beer and desserts. No, That's unless, my unless, personal it's a, feeling. unless it's a specific pairing, like if it's a stout. And something else. Yes. Or there, there, there are certain beer types that will. If you've made beer with melted chocolate, then sure. I mean, that's just going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I don't, I don't in general think beer works with dessert foods and I love beer. We're doing a beer podcast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't think that you can do beer and dessert. Well, at least not desserts, the desserts I like Mm -hmm. or can think of off the top of my head. No. Yeah. And that's all I got. Well, that's all I got. Well, great. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at open, or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Especially if we're going to start doing video stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right. We'll bring the camera in. We we'll bring the microphones feedback. in. Oh, yeah. What else you got to plug? Buy my audiobooks. I'm about to lose my job. Well, <laughs> I have to leave my job. Yeah, that's so, a, that's a totally different situation right there. You're, they, this is a voluntary thing. They'd never get rid of me. They no, couldn't. They I could can't rob get the rid place of you. And they'd be like, you are stepping away from them and they need you and they're begging for you back. <laughs> and they don't pay me enough. <laughs> so you could pay me enough by buying my audiobooks and listening to me tell you stories. I'm on Audible as Michael Butler. You can uh, mostly horror books right now. I'm hoping to branch out. Uh, I'll be doing a whole lot more books now that I have more time. But Switch Art for Gangsters, Sour, which is awesome. It's like Evil Dead meets Appalachian Mountains. I'm surprised that book hasn't done better. It's I do so many voices in that book. Uh, Coffee at Midnight, The Final Girl, which is like an 80s slasher movie book, which has done okay. It's probably the best-selling book I've done. Uh, buy that book. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> that's a good story and progressive entrapment vacation planet which i'll be doing a sequel for later this summer i believe uh check out all these different books i don't get paid from unless you guys pay me money to 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 listen to them i get royalty share that's how i make money so go ahead and buy those books on audible if you're part of the subscription service 
your free book of the month, you get one free book. And guess what? I, I get paid for it, even though you got it for free. So go, 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 do, go do that. Go get it. Go do that. And then listen to more books. Cause let's be honest. You guys need to widen your, your minds. You need to expand your horizons. You need to read more. <laughs> you know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. I need to read more as well. We all need to read a little bit more. So let it's me true. read for you because reading is hard and I'm here for you. <laughs> I know all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I've also got uh, other podcasts I do. I got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe we don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. We're available wherever podcasts can be found or on ForgottenEntertainment.com because we're part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, just like Kraken. And uh, we got a bunch of great podcasts you should check out at the same time. And I did a podcast called Two Player Bros a couple years back or a year and a half back, which kind of ended because my second host, Dave, kind of dropped out. My brother Alex stopped playing a lot of video games, but I'm going to bring it back as a YouTube show and also maybe a shorter form podcast where I do reviews, playthroughs and uh, like Let's Plays, reviews, previews, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Sometimes even probably with the original player two, Alex, my brother. So. Uh, check that out when it airs on YouTube and check out the old episodes of the podcast before the new episodes of that podcast come back out. And that's all I got for you guys today. All right. Also, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Empty glass clink. Empty glass clink. Ah, cheers. <laughs> Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.